Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you, and enjoy. Well, I have no idea what I sound like, but it doesn't sound right to me, so <laughs> I, I caught what probably half the world in uh, this area of the world has, whatever it is. Um, started the other day, and uh, it's not very pretty, but... You know, whatever. It is what it is. So you're going to get this anyhow, whether you can understand it or not, okay? Well, let's just start here. I'm glad to be with you. I really am. And I I know you're looking forward uh, to a new life together, and that's just uh, a wonderful, wonderful gift. So I just want to share some thoughts and reflections about marriage and just um, my own experience uh, kind of traveling through this life and... Uh, uh, just give you some things to think about, I hope. Um, so the th- first thing that I would say about marriage is, and we really don't use this word, that, that marriage is a covenant, okay? We're all familiar with agreements. I'm sure you're looking at agreements, where you're going to live, where you're going to buy a car, what are you going to do? There's all kinds of agreements. But a marriage is much more than just uh, signing on the dotted line. It's it's a covenant. It's um it's an agreement for sure, but it's uh, much more foundational than that, where two people agree to come together and to commit their lives to one another. Just not an agreement. It's a covenant. And when you, you know, in, in my house, when I was growing up, there were, there were two things that mattered um, that were really important and stressed by my, mostly by my father and kind of lived by my father. Um, based on his own life experience and some of the failures that he had, the the first one was, and this is what you do in marriage: that when you when you agree to do something for someone, you agree to spend your lives together in love and friendship. You know that you you give your word, and to my dad, giving your word was sacred. If you gave your word, then you you abided by that. You stayed with that. You never back away from it. You give your word. No matter good times, bad times, your word is your word. Your word is, is really your bond. And it was so fundamental. He, he promised my mother at some point, because uh, he really embarrassed us, embarrassed the family, when he got drunk. And he told my mother, I'll never drink again. He never, ever drank again, because that was his word. He gave his word. It was done. I don't know how he did it. He didn't go to AA. He just gave his word, you know. And... Um, because of that, my mother was always, um, and if she's alive today, it would still be the same. She, she always worried, um, as you can imagine, about me and my brother and drinking, okay? Uh, and I think she always felt that we, you know, because it's, you know, is it in the genes? Is it not in the genes? You can debate that. But, you know, she always worried. And, and my brother and I both have just been really blessed that we never had a problem with alcoholism. I don't know why. Maybe because my mother scared it into us. It doesn't mean that I don't have a beer, but it, you know, I, I just, I just, uh, I'm really blessed to have that example. And the, and the other key element for my father was that, that you don't lie. Okay. You give your word, but you don't lie. You don't tell lies in this house. Don't let me catch you lying because there's going to be big trouble. So that's always been kind of one of my fundamental tenets that even if you got me, 
you know, I'm going to tell the truth. It's just the way it is because it's the right thing to do. And I, I think we all would agree with that if we went around the room. We know sometimes how difficult it is to tell the truth, but, you know, telling the truth is, is just always the, the right thing to do. Um, so marriage is a covenant. It's more than a contract. It's, it expresses a relationship between persons. It, the, the idea of a covenant goes back to the Old Testament. Do you all remember the Ten Commandments? You know, that was the deal. Moses went up the mountain, came down, said, here's the deal. You obey these ten. You'll be faithful to God. God will be faithful to you. It was a covenant, okay? And usually those covenants were sealed by cutting animals and things. That's how they sealed it, and a fire passed through them to seal them together. We won't do that to you, okay, in church. <laughs> it won't happen. But it was, again, it was a sacred giving of your word to another person, okay? Um, an agreement uh, for a partnership, and that's what you're entering into. It's a, it's a partnership of, of your whole life. And... Um, um, the nature of marriage, it's ordered to the mutual love of the couple. It's also ordered to the, the creation of a family, you know, having children. Those are fundamentally the, the purposes of marriage for you to express your mutual love, to bring new life into this world as well, and for the following through with the education of your children. Now, it's a sacrament, okay? You all are familiar with the sacraments because you've received a baptism, probably communion, confirmation, if you're of the Catholic tradition, and other traditions have very similar kinds of sacraments as well. They may not call them that, but that's basically what they are. So, uh, a sacrament is um, when you, let me tell you how this works, okay? It's probably the best way to do it. In, in all the other sacraments, okay, if it's baptism, it's either a priest or a deacon who will baptize the child ordinarily. Um, sometimes in a hospital, if a child is real sick, a nurse will do it or even a doctor will do it. But usually it's some minister in the church, be it Catholic or otherwise. Then you know what penance is. You know what First Communion is. Again, it's always a priest involved, sometimes a bishop with confirmation. But there's always another person involved. In marriage, and it's, I think it's really good to know this, in marriage, um, when if myself or Father John, whoever the person is that witnesses your marriage, basically we witness your marriage, okay? That means for the state of Ohio and for the church, we witness it. But the ministers of the sacrament, and this is why marriage is so unique, the ministers of the sacrament are the, two, are the couple. When you say your vows, okay, to each other, and I know most people, we haven't been taught this, but when you speak your vows, you're actually ministering that sacrament to one another. That's how important and special it is. And when you think about it, nobody can do that for you, right? you got to do it yourself. No, because if I married you, then you'd be married to me, and then, <laughs> you know, and it'd be very complicated. And, and, and <laughs> I have no idea what the reception would look like, but it would be... <laughs> I married him? What did I do? I must have been out of my mind. So the, the, as, as opposed to all the other sacraments, the ministers of the sacrament are the two of you, okay? When you speak your vows, you give your word again, 
you minister this sacrament to one another. And what's unique about this is, and this is probably a subject of a much longer conversation somewhere else, you know, we believe that God's love, God's presence, God's grace, it's called, is uniquely present to you at that moment in time when you speak your vows, but it's also present to you and with you throughout your life together. And I really believe it's God's grace that gives you the strength you need and helps you just to journey through life with all that's going to come your way, all the ups and downs and challenges and blessings that will be a part of your life. Um, it's all God's grace and just so very, very important to recognize that and appreciate the great gift of that. But that's that comes with the sacrament, okay? So let me, let me read you something because I think this is equally important. Sometimes people select this reading, not all the time, but there's a, a reading, and this is one of the selections that you'll have in that booklet we give you from the book of Tobit. And it's about Sarah and Tobiah. Now, if you ever get a chance to read this, it's really interesting. Uh, Tobiah had to ask Sarah's uncle, and I don't know why it was the uncle and not the father, for um, you know permission to marry her. And there was a dowry. You may not know what a dowry is. There were things that were exchanged, okay? And they still do this in some cultures. You know, you got to bring three cows, four sheep, and seven other things, and you trade those, and then the father decides, okay, that's enough. You can have her. She's all yours, brother. So... <laughs> So it's the way it goes. But the dowry was very, very important. Anyhow, so when you hear this, they're at their wedding night. And I'll just read you a little bit of this, because I think this is important just to think about as you're going forward. On their wedding night, Tobiah rose from the bed and said to his wife, Sister, get up. Let us pray and beg our Lord to have mercy on us and to grant us deliverance. So Sarah got up and they started to pray and begged that deliverance might be theirs. They began with these, these words. Blessed are you, O God of our fathers. Praised be your name forever and ever. Let the heavens and all your creation praise you forever. You said it's not good for man to be alone. Let us make him a partner like himself. Now, Lord, you know that I take this wife of mine, not because of lust, but for a noble purpose. Call down your mercy on me and on her and allow us to live together to a happy old age. And then together they said, amen, amen. What I like about that and what I'd encourage you to think about going forward, because I just think it's a great thing to do, is before you retire for the night, go to bed, if you will. If you get down on your knees together and say a prayer and ask God to bless you and to bless your love, bless your marriage, bless your family. You can't do any better than that. One of my really good friends is Jewish. We go fishing together a lot. When we go out of town, there is never a day when this guy doesn't get down on his knees at night and pray before he goes to bed. And it's really been kind of an inspiration to me. Um, th there's a lot of things we do together. Uh, so I go to AA meetings with them wherever we are, okay? We go to AA meetings because they've both been sober for like 30-some years, and then they go to church with me. I don't know if they have any idea what's going on in church. We don't discuss it. We don't debate it. I don't ask them to come. It's just what we do. I go to these AA meetings, which are really interesting, by the way, and then they come with me to church, and then we do what we do. But it's just part of it. But every single night, he gets down on his knees and says his prayers before he retires. And I would just encourage you to think about that because I, I just think it's a wonderful thing to do. 
So what are the uh, foundational pieces for marriage? There's a couple of them. The first one is faith. I just think that goes back to the idea of praying together. You know, you need a foundation. You got to have a rock that you can rely on because you, you're going to have a lot of wonderful times, you know, and you look forward to those now. But you're also going to have some times, as you'll hear today from the couples, that are very, very challenging. You know, and they can come and I won't go through. You can think of them as well as I can, but they've got to be, you know, handled. And where do you go if you don't have faith in God? and God's grace that comes to you in that marriage to be with you and give you the strength to need to face and to, to move through whatever it is that's before you. So faith is important. Family is important. Your family, the family you're going to create, the family, uh, both of you and your wife and your husband, you know, the parents that you love and your family and friends. Um, sometimes that can be a wonderful support. Sometimes that in itself can be a challenge to you. But family is important, where you came from. And then friends, all of you have good friends. Your friends love you. You love them. They'll be there for you, and you know that. And if you find a, a faithful friend or friends, you really and truly are blessed. And so faith, family, friends, and I, I think the last one is forgiveness. And maybe I would throw in another one after that that's really important, and that would be mutual respect. There was a, a wonderful story about forgiveness that I was in one of the diocesan publications a couple of years ago, and I'll just share this with you real quickly. It was about a couple uh, that were celebrating uh, their 65th wedding anniversary, okay? Now, what was unique about this couple, and, and we see more and more of these today. Back in the day, when I was first ordained, you didn't, 50 wedding, 50th wedding anniversaries, you know, they happen. But now, you know, I've celebrated 75th wedding anniversaries. Now, if you could imagine being married 75 years and coming together to celebrate your anniversary, that's pretty incredible. But uh, at least it is to me, you know, it's just, just absolutely remarkable. But the story goes, so they've been married 65 years and they were being interviewed by this reporter. And the reason they were being interviewed was that both of them had come to the United States from the same country in Europe, okay? But they had never met each other. They had never dated each other. They didn't know anything at all about each other, about their history, about their background. They didn't know anything. But by their parents, apparently, they had been committed to each other before they left the old country, if you will, and came to the United States. So 65 years later, having never any experience with one another at all, they're still together. And the reporter says to them, so... How'd you do it? I mean, you didn't know each other. You didn't date each other. You had no connection with each other. How did you do it? And the husband of 65 years looked at his wife and kind of smiled. And she looked at him and smiled. And she said to him, tell him, tell him how we did it. And he said, well, the way we did it is we forgave each other. We forgave each other a lot. And she's over there nodding. We forgave each other a lot. And that is just, I think, really, really important that you be able to forgive yourself. And we all know this. You know this. You've got to forgive yourself for your failures. You've got to be able to forgive each other, too. And it goes without saying that that can be pretty challenging sometimes. I don't know. The harder part maybe is forgiving ourselves, but it can be equally challenging sometimes to forgive the other person and just to, to let it go instead of carrying a whole lot of stuff with you moving forward. So that forgiveness 
and is, is just something that's very, very important. So you're going to have a lot of joyful, happy moments together. You're going to face uh, challenges. You're going to face hardships. You're going to have some struggles. Uh, no one is perfect. There are no perfect people. You got to get that in your head. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. He or she that you're with here today, they're not perfect. We're not perfect people. And we all got our own stuff, right? You all know this, okay? Whatever it is, we all have our own stuff. But, you know, we need to, so there's no perfect marriages, you know, and you need to work through whatever the challenges are that you face. And some of the tools that you'll hear today from our couples on the team, I think will be helpful to you to kind of negotiate some of those difficult moments just to help you to work through them and move through because you got to work through them. It ain't just going to happen automatically. You got to work through them and you got to make it work. So it, it takes work. And I would really encourage you. Uh, to keep in touch with each other, you know, have some kind of conversation every day. Don't get to a point where you're both going, running all the time, doing different things. You know how important it is to talk, communicate with each other. You're going to hear about that today. So keep in touch with each other. Whatever you got to do, 10 minutes at night, whatever it is, sit down and just talk about your day, how life is going, you know, how you're doing. And you know this too, um, marriage you know, is about the love, express the mutual love between the couple. It's also about family and children. You know, uh, children need parents who love them, who care for them. The ideal is that a child will have two parents and, you know, the parents will mutually love them. It's not always possible for a marriage to survive. Uh, there's, there's, in my opinion, I think in all of our opinions, there's no excuse for abuse, be it verbal or physical. It, it's just, it's simply not acceptable, you know, to abuse another person. And we've all, I'm sure, experienced some forms of abuse in our lives, whether, you know, at home or in the workplace. But you don't have to deal with abuse, okay? And um, in, in that area or any area, you know, if you need help in your relationship, uh, don't ever be afraid to ask for it. I, I think, and I could be wrong in this, but I think men are a little more, maybe a lot more reluctant to ask for help when they need help. But there's some wonderful opportunities out there when people are struggling to get some help and to work through it and to come out of the other side of it even better and stronger than you were going in today. So that's about all I got. I just encourage you to, to listen closely today to the message of the couples, the messages of the couples who will speak to you. I don't even know, I don't even know if Robin knows how many years of experience are here, but there's lots of years of experience, okay? Um, if you will, they've been there and they've done that. So bleed them, friends. Ask them anything you want to ask them. Don't be afraid to do it because they aren't afraid to answer you. Believe me, they'll tell you exactly what they think. And, and that's really important. But they're here today. They're together today. They know they've been blessed with each other and they hope, just as you hope to grow and deepen your love as you go forward, they hope to continue to grow and deepen their uh, the great gift of love that they've been given to. And I, I just want to express my gratitude to the team. You know, they just don't show up today and do this. They, they put hours and hours and hours of work into making today a special for you. That's what they do. Okay, there's no other agenda. They got no agenda. They don't get paid for this. Uh, you probably couldn't pay them enough, but I certainly am deeply grateful for the for this wonderful pre-K today and the presentations that they will provide you. So thank you very much. God bless you and all your preparation for that very special day that's uh, 
coming up here. It's amazing how quickly, you know, you think it's never going to come, and then all of a sudden it'll be here, you know. So enjoy it. God bless. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.